Welcome to Lead On, a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, and it's my opportunity each week to talk with you about practical issues related to ministry leadership. On this program, we talk about the practical side of what it means to work in a church context or maybe a Christian ministry context like where I work every day. Well, today I want to talk about a myth about ministry leadership, and then I want to confound that myth with some truth that I think will bring some balance in an important area. One of the myths of ministry leadership is that ministry leadership is toxic to family life. I've heard all the jokes and all the stories about preachers' kids and uh, how they grow up uh, to be uh, wildly rebellious and do evil things and uh, get in trouble and how that they always resent people for being in ministry and they don't like their parents because they were forced to go to church and all of these myths that surround this theme of toxic ministry families. Well, that is a myth of the ministry. Now, it is true that some ministry families can be toxic, But it's also true that some doctors' families can be toxic, some veterinarians' families can be toxic, uh, some police officers' families can be toxic. It's possible to have an unhealthy, dysfunctional family with parents who are involved in almost any profession. But there's no direct correlation between being a ministry family and dysfunction or lack of emotional or spiritual or psychological health. It just simply doesn't correlate. In fact, there are many benefits to being a ministry family that are actually kind of unique to the role. And I want to talk about those today on the show. I want to talk about the benefits of being a ministry family and particularly the benefits of being a ministry family in a church context. Now, I have three adult children. They grew up in a ministry home. Uh, Most of the time they were growing up, I was a pastor, and then part of the time they were growing up, I was a denominational executive. But all the time that uh, my children were growing up, we were a ministry family. Now, we are by no means a perfect family. We've had our moments. We've had our challenges. But we are a healthy family with healthy relationships and uh, emotionally uh, strong bonds. And I think by any reasonable measure, we would look at our family and say it was pretty normal. So how did our family discover some of these benefits and experience some of the positive aspects of what it means to be a family in ministry? Well, here we go. Number one, the first benefit of being a ministry family is Your family gets to work with you and see what you do. You know, most children don't see their parents at work. They don't go to the factory. They don't drive in the truck. They don't go to where the school uh, is, uh, classroom is taught. They they, they don't go to the the office where the work is done. They, They just don't see what their parents actually do. But ministry families, <laughs> man, the children see it up close and personal. In fact, 
if you're a church leader particularly, your children get to go to work with you at least one day a week, and usually for most of us, a lot more often than that. Now, my oldest son is a doer. He is one of those people that likes to learn by doing. He's happiest when he's moving. He likes the tactile activity of actually participating in a project more than thinking about it, planning about it, or talking about it. Now, of course, I didn't know all this about him when he was a really young uh, guy, but uh, he was about five years old when we planted a church. Now, a church plant requires a lot of just plain hard work, setting up chairs, taking down tables, moving in literature and curriculum and sound equipment and all kinds of stuff that goes with that. And our church particularly was portable for the first 10 years, meaning that we had a weekend set up every weekend for the first 10 years our church existed. My son, five years old, begged to be a part of that process. He would ask me every week, Dad, can I go with you to set up? And sometimes set up was late at night, and it was always a tension. Do we let him stay up late and go to set up and deal with the fact that in the morning it's going to be a little difficult because he's going to be out late, but he's going to be with his dad, and he's going to be at the church, and he's going to be doing the setup. Yeah, 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 okay, I get all that. And most of the time I said, yeah, you can go, because I knew how much he enjoyed being with me at work, but more than that, how much he enjoyed actually the physical part of helping to plant the church and feeling like he was in on it. He knew about it. It was a part of it. And by the time he was seven, eight, nine years old, he could practically run a crew of running part of the setup that had to be done on that weekly basis. And then as he got a little older and we could go to youth camps and we could go on mission trips and we could do projects together like uh, service projects, like building houses and things like that. He loved being a part of those things because he got to go and be on the site, doing them with me and sharing that together and building those relationships and accomplishing the ministry that we were able to do. Now, that's just one example of what I mean by your family gets to go to work with you, see what you do, and share in that work. That's why uh, our children, particularly during those church plant years, had such a deep and abiding love for our church because they felt like from the beginning they were really an integral part of getting it off the ground, getting it launched, making it successful. Our oldest son, to be sure, the other ones as they came along a little later on in life. Well, a second benefit of being a ministry family is your family benefits from your flexible work schedule. Now, I once had a friend in ministry who said, uh, I love the ministry. You can work your 60 hours a week anytime you want. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. You know, ministry's uh, long hours sometimes. You start early, you end late. Most people that are in ministry leadership, especially those who work in churches, have lots of evening meetings and weekend events. And so uh, if you're not careful, you can find yourself just being gone all the time and working all the time. But you don't have to do that. Instead, uh, you can take charge of your schedule so that you can plan to have some time just for your family and just for their activities, oftentimes on a schedule that other families can't share. For example, when I was a pastor, uh, I would often schedule to be home from 3 to 5 or 3 to 6 every afternoon. And you say, well, you should have been at work. No, I, I should have been at home. I went to work every morning about 7 a.m., 
And I would usually try to finish around three and go home and from three to six do family stuff. That's why I was able to coach so many sports teams over the years and why I was able to be home for dinner most nights with my family. And then about 6 or 6.30, many nights, if not most nights, I left again. And I would go out to make home visits or I would go back to the church for meetings with people who were only available in the, in the evenings or for counseling sessions for people who could only come in the evenings. So it wasn't unusual for me a couple of nights a week, maybe three even, to be back at work in the evening. But making sure that I was home in those afternoons so that I was able to coach my kids in their sports, go to their school activities, uh, be home for dinner, and that kind of time was very valuable for us, but it was flexible time that was only possible because I was in ministry leadership. My children uh, later told me that it was always amusing to them when they would look out, for example, at an afternoon program or an after-school assembly, and there'd be like one dad there and 30 moms, you know, but I was there. Why was I there? Because my work schedule was flexible enough that I could structure my day so that I worked, if you want to put it this way, a split shift uh, and made it possible for us to have that unique, remarkable family time right in the middle of the day. Your family benefits from this kind of flexible work schedule. Now, let me offer a caution or two here. If you're in ministry leadership, you need to set a schedule and you need to keep that schedule and you need to work hard when you're supposed to be at work. That's why I said I would usually go to work 7, 7.30 in the morning and work through the day and try to be done around 3 o'clock so I could go and do those after-school things, those family activities, coaching my kids and being involved with them, and then have dinner with the family before I went back out in the evening for another two or three hours of work, of counseling and home visits and meetings that have to be done in the evening. Now, I know some ministry leaders uh, say, oh, I love my flexible schedule, and what they mean by that is I don't really have to work all that hard. That is not what I mean. Ministry leaders need to set a schedule, keep a schedule, be accountable to a schedule. No problem with that. No problem making myself accountable to other people for that schedule. That's just part of being a good steward of your role and of your responsibility. Another aspect of this, though, is sometimes people think, well, I've got a flexible schedule, which means I just have to work all the time. Now, some people may try to put that expectation on you, but that is not a realistic expectation. The fact that you have a flexible work schedule doesn't mean that you can work all the time. It means that you can be selective on when you work so that as a ministry leader, you can set aside certain priority time to work and then certain other priority time for family and personal needs and activities. So your family benefits from your flexible work schedule if you are disciplined to make that flexible schedule work for your family. Here's another benefit of being a ministry family, and that is you get to know the best people on earth, and that's church people. Now you're thinking, ah, I've met a few church people that weren't the best people on earth. Well, of course you have, because the church is a fellowship of redeemed sinners, and so there's always going to be some people who are acting out their sinfulness from time to time. I get that. But I'm talking about the broad strokes here and the trajectory or the arc of where most churches are today. And that is most churches are full of some really, really good people. It's been my privilege over the years for my children to have remarkable friends, mentors, and surrogate aunts and uncles and grandparents among their church family. I just think about going back to the beginning days when I was first in my early days of ministry in my first pastorate. A couple things stand out. First of all, the first year I thought, well, I'm going to plant a garden. Everybody in my church has a garden. I, I want to fit in. I'm going to plant a garden. What a waste. <laughs> 
I didn't realize that everybody in my church was going to bring me food out of their garden and that I did not need a garden. Believe me, I had all the fresh produce that I could possibly eat as the overflow of people who wanted to share their bounty and bless their pastor and his family. I think about those early years, too. There was a couple in our church. The man was a truck driver, but his hobby was woodworking, and he had a phenomenal wood shop in his basement. And he spent hours there, especially in the wintertime, just building things and mainly giving it all away. And I remember that he made my son uh, some special gifts. And one of them was a little reindeer that just snapped together in about four or five pieces. And we still have that reindeer and put it up every Christmas by our Christmas tree. Just a, a little wooden reindeer that he made for my son. Now, I'm telling these stories because that's the kind of people that are in most churches people that care about their pastors and care about their church leaders and want to show them love and support and give them things like garden produce and handmade things from their wood shop. And I think about some other people that uh, impacted my family. Uh, One set of surrogate grandparents who came along at a crucial time in our lives. We had moved far away from our families to pastoral ministry and met this couple in our church who just simply bonded with us and took us on as their surrogate grandchildren and took on my, uh, our children as their surrogate grandchildren. It was a beautiful relationship. They loved our, grand, our children, cared for them, did special things for them. I'm not talking about extravagant gifts. I'm talking about taking them to McDonald's after church on Sunday. I, I'm talking about having them come over and spend the afternoon, uh, uh, you know, working on a project like painting a birdhouse or something in the in the garage, so the parents could get away for an afternoon out or a date night or something like that. I'm talking about people who just loved my children and cared for them and, and supported them. I I tell you, one of these was so powerful in our lives. He came into our lives. Uh, they came into our lives just when our first son was being born and. About 14, 15 years later, this gentleman was passing away, and uh, as he was getting closer and closer to the end, his son called me and said, you need to come if you can. Dad would love to see you, and if you can bring your son, that'd be great. He'd love to see him even more. I took my son there, and they had one of the most poignant moments uh, in my life that I've ever witnessed as my son went in and, and sat down by the bed and put his head down, and this older man just talked to him very quietly there. I don't still today know what was said in that conversation. All I know is that here was a church member who had no reason to love my son, but had loved him for, at that point, 12, 13, 14 years, and wanted to say some careful and loving things to him, even as he came to the end of his life. Then I think about another couple that came into our lives years ago. This was a younger couple. Uh, My kids were teenagers by this time, and I had a a parenting strategy. It's a little bit of a sneaky one, but... I wanted to bring a couple into our lives, a young adult couple uh, when our kids were teenagers that could be sort of like a, a second voice into the lives of my kids during those years. I, I knew my teenage children were going to stop listening to me, and they did. But I knew if we had some couple in their 20s that they thought was a cool couple and that they respected and that they liked being around, that they'd listen to them as they talked about their life problems and shared their boyfriend and girlfriend struggles and just talked about how they were processing their spiritual questions. I I got this couple involved with our family, and for years we spent time with them. We'd have them over for holidays, and we'd go on vacation with them, and we'd leave our kids with them when we traveled or went on a trip or went on a date night, that that kind of thing. And that couple became a very significant part of our family and especially of our children's development through those teenage years. I'm telling you all these stories to say 
that the one common theme of all these people I'm telling you about is that they were all fellow church members. Uh, they, they weren't people that had any reason to love us except the fact that we were their leaders. We were people they cared about. We were a family that meant a lot to them, and they meant a lot to us. And over the years, whether it was produce out of a garden or a gift that became a Christmas decoration or a man who was a mentor and a father figure and a grandfather figure or a person that just comes into your life of your teenage children and encourages them, supports them, prays for them, counsels with them and laughs about things when they make fun of their parents, all that kind of stuff going on. Church people. When you're a ministry family, your family gets to know the best people on earth, church people, the people that I've been describing so far on this show. Well, here's a fourth reason why it's a beneficial thing to be a ministry family. A fourth benefit of being a ministry family is your family gets to see God at work up close. Your family gets to see God at work up close. Now, I know there's a level of confidentiality about ministry, but listen, your children are paying attention, and they're seeing a lot more than you think they are, and they're hearing a lot more than you think they are, and they're absorbing a lot more than you think they are. And the positive side of this is your children get to see God at work up close. Let me give you some examples. I have had a habit over the years of having guest speakers to our church or even now to the seminary. And when I do that, I often have those guest speakers in my home for lunch or for a meal or for some time together. And my children would just be around when that was taking place. And I realized over the years that my children got to meet some of the finest Christian leaders really in America because they got to hang around the people who came to speak at our church or got to hang around the people who came to speak at our school and just soak up their wisdom, their love, their life, their vibrancy, and their spiritual commitment. So that's one way that ministry families get to see God at work up close that maybe some other families don't get. Here's another one. Ministry families get to see God at work in the lives of people because they know about things that maybe other people don't know about. Now, I'm not talking about you, again, sharing things uh, inappropriately to break confidentiality or anything like that. I'm just telling you, your kids see more than you think they see, hear more than you think they hear, know more than you think they know. And so when you're counseling with a person or you're praying with someone through a problem, when you're talking with your spouse quietly and you don't think anybody else is around, but you're sharing about how God is at work in the life of a couple in your church where a marriage is being healed or some, some, some problems are being resolved or some victories are being experienced. Well, your children hear all that. They see that and they say, man, that's God at work. And my parents are a part of God doing something in the lives of other people. So that's another way your family gets to see God at work. And, and then another way is through answer prayer. You know, prayer is a pretty common part of a minister's family. You, you're praying over meals. You're praying before bedtime. You're usually praying over family devotions. I mean, there's a lot of prayer in a ministry family. And that's right, in the way it should be, and that's a good thing. Well, your children not only get to hear those prayers, but they get to see the prayers answered. And as prayers are answered, they are confronted with God at work. So what I'm saying is that when you're a ministry family, uh, in a way that maybe other families don't experience as intensely or as often, your family gets to see God at work by the kind of people they get to meet that are godly and committed and strong influencers for good. And 
the kind of things they see happening in the lives of people as you pray and witness and counsel and direct and life change happens and people and your family sees that happening. And then, of course, that answer to prayer that I was just mentioning a moment ago, as your children see God answering prayer and they see God at work up close and personal. And then one more way is they see God working through you as a ministry leader. Look, they know you. <laughs> they know your weaknesses. They know your problems. They know your sins and struggles and shortcomings. And they know that you are a regular person in so many ways. And then on Sunday, when you're preaching or singing or counseling or teaching, your family sees you and they see God doing something that's remarkable because they know who you really are. And they know that what they see you doing is more than you have within yourself, and they see God at work through you. Man, how powerful that is. And, the, and another benefit of being a ministry family. Well, one last final one, and that is your family gets to know other church leaders and to share life with them and their families. You know, one of the mistakes I made when I first started out in ministry leadership was that I was too much of a lone ranger. I thought that, you know, I was the leader and it sort of all revolved around me and it all came back to me and I needed to stay isolated and aloof and apart. But man, I got over that. I got over that. After a few years of ministry leadership, I realized that was not a model that was going to lead to health for me. And so I started working with partners and teams. Partnering up with a team, uh, was so significant of a change in my life. And especially when we planted the church in Oregon, I went there with a church planting partner and a couple of other families came in early on that were our uh, partners in helping us plant the church. And that little cadre of people became a tight knit group and our kids became friends. And you know what? Here we are, goodness, 30 years later. And one of those people, I called him this morning to talk to him about a ministry issue. Another one of those, called me and asked me if I'd do her wedding. She was two when I first met her those many years ago. Uh, on and on I could go talking about that cadre of people that worked together, that planted that church and, and grew up together in ministry leadership. Uh, some of us ministry leaders in the sense of pastors, some elders and others that were leaders like that in our church, but all of us working together, sharing life together and having family together and having that cohesion together. My children today, all adults, still call on friends that were part of that time in our lives that they built over a lifetime of sharing ministry leadership together. Listen, it is a myth that ministry and family don't mix. The myth of the toxic ministry family is just that. It's a myth. Yes, it's possible to have a dysfunctional family and be in ministry, but ministry does not cause that dysfunction. Instead, there is great benefit to being a ministry family. Your family gets to go to work together and see what you do. Your family gets to benefit from a flexible work schedule and all the positive aspects of that. Your family gets to know the best people on earth, church people, and experience the blessing of being loved, cared for, supported, prayed for, by them. Your family gets to see God at work up close and personal. And finally, your family gets to develop a cadre type leadership connection with other leadership families. 
going through something together, like building a church, leading an organization, making a difference in a community, and through that process, building bonds that last a lifetime. It is possible to have a strong family and be in ministry, and it is also possible to enjoy the benefits being a ministry family. Do it. Do it today as you lead on.